like they really went all out on the title of this episode <laughs> like has really nothing to do except for like a five second conversation or like a probably a five minute conversation but a 30 second clip and one sentence from it and now we have a whole episode title from that and you know i thought i was being clever with you know infinity precious stones last week and now all of a sudden i'm stuck here trying to make a joke about mucus plug <laughs> like it just i don't know it just doesn't feel appropriate this week so <laughs> with that being said hey guys i'm rick this is karina welcome to challenge trash talk roundtable where we're going to recap episode number 11 dang episode 11 and you know what the title of this one is mucus plug <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking it's really not that gross i'm I really have no idea what it is. I probably <laughs> just buried that somewhere deep in my subconscious. Don't hate me. Anyways, guys, uh, great episode. Episode 11, Mucus Plug. I really enjoyed it this week. Uh, so Before we even get started with anything, I want to point something out that I have not seen pointed out by anybody yet. And it was like one of the first things that I noticed when the episode started. But did anybody else peep the freaking custom shirt that Corey's wearing with pictures of his daughters on it. Like it was like a little bit like odd at the time when I saw it, but like the more I think about it, I'm like, that's just adorable. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just so cute. Do you know what? I didn't even notice that. I'm going to have to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, if you don't know what I'm talking, I'm telling you literally like Within the first like couple minutes of the episode, he's sitting in like the living room, sitting in a chair, and I want to say maybe he's eating something, but you can you can just barely see like the little makeout of like Ryder, and then you know whatever, and you can't really see his other daughter on his shirt, um, but you can see Ryder's face, and you can see another you know little girl next to her, and so like obviously I'm making an assumption on that point, but yeah, so I thought that was kind of odd, but yet still like really cute, like obviously he got that made before he came on the season, um, and you know so I just think that's cute. Actually, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, like the fact that, you know, especially because Ryder's old enough that, you know, maybe if she can see one part of the episode, you know, it's um, it's she gets to see herself. OK, so, you know, leading off of that, though, getting into uh, what I have down right after that was actually with Corey too leading the Ruby team workout. And I'm, you know, I was hyped. They, they were putting in some work though. I do love big T's. You know, I'd never work out in the middle of the day, the midday sun. That was, I loved it. <laughs> I just, I just want to know if he stole this idea from Nelson from the first episode when Nelly ran his boot camp. And I'm like, and now all of a sudden like Corey has his little boot camp with his team. It's so cute. I love how he's trying to take on this leadership role. I think he really wants it. And up to this point in his, you know, in his challenge career, there's always been a, a bigger leader around, you know, whether it's CT or it's bananas or, you know what I mean? Like, and so now I feel like he's kind of in a position on his team where 
he's kind of the top dog and he's really buying into that leadership role. And it's nice to see him do it. Um, I think he takes a little bit too far sometimes, but this was something that I did like that he did to kind of pull the team together. You know, that's actually a really good point. I wasn't even thinking about that was the fact of him taking that larger, you know, leadership role. Because, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of our favorites are not necessarily aging out, but getting to the point where they're going to start being on all stars. You know what? We probably have a couple more years of CT guessing who really knows on that. Banana says he wants to come back, but who knows if he really does. You know, so eventually these, you know, some of the guys that, you know, we hate to admit are vets, but are like Corey Nelson Hunter. Well, not necessarily Hunter, I guess, but it's hard to name Corey Nelson without honor. Anyways, that's besides the point. What I was originally getting to is, you know, these are going to be the guys that are going to step into that leadership role, you know, probably here in the next few years. And it's nice to see, you know, the evolution of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm definitely loving seeing Corey step up to the plate. And I think that he kind of sees it too. You know, like I said, it's it's no secret that CT is getting older, um, even though he's still competing at a high level. You know, he's got a wife, he's got his son at home, um, you know, and, and CT's just, he's just one of those people. We know that it, he's not going to be around forever, obviously. Um, you know, like you said, if we're lucky, we'll get a few more seasons out of him. I think maybe he might be trying to get close and or tie slash surpass bananas uh, record for wins. I don't know if it's going to happen. Again, it just kind of depends on how many seasons we get CT for, you know, so we'll just have to see where that goes. But definitely loving Corey stepping up and, you know, but it was kind of funny, though, that Corey was like leading this whole like workout thing. Like I said, taking on that leadership role and then it flashes to like CT standing up at the top. He was hanging out with Logan and Ed since Logan couldn't really do the workout, you know, and CT's just watching him and he's just shaking his head and he's like, dude, this it's not going to (laughs) happen. Like. You guys are not going to (laughs) win. Oh, yeah. No, it's, you know, it's it's a wolf staring down his prey is what it really is. (laughs) Let's be honest here. Uh, And I'm going to get into kind of my idea on some stuff that's going to happen later in the season. But uh, anyways, getting back to this workout, one of the things that I really, really enjoyed was the fact that even though Logan was injured, he went out there with his little sign cheering for him. And I know some people have probably already seen it, but that meme is going to start going around with a blank sign and it is going to be glorious and I cannot wait. Yeah, the sign, man. Logan out there with the sign. I, I can't remember what it said. I think it said Ruby till I die or something, something similar to that. I can't imagine all the crazy things that are going to come out with that sign now on those memes. You know, so that was really cool. And then we had Kyle out there with his little Ruby flag that, you know, in the beginning, he was just standing around waving around. Obviously, he ended up joining the workout, um, you know, but then we get this nice, awesome little clip of like him and Tori wrestling around in the the grass for the ruby flag like she had taken it from him uh and then we see him chase her down trying to get it back and they wrestle around a little bit it it was just it was nice to see this you know different kind of side because we don't see them having fun very often in these episodes lately it's been a lot of you know uh showmance type stuff a lot of competition fights you know and workout stuff you know we don't we haven't seen a whole lot of them just having fun and letting loose and so that was really awesome in my opinion to see uh and we actually got quite a bit of it in this episode you know we got that with uh tori and kyle um you know and then we get a little bit with uh tori and emmanuel too 
Yeah, no, it was really nice to kind of see the lighter side of them being into the challenge house, that there is friendships there and that they're actually having fun and it's not hyper competition and drama all the time. Right after that workout, though, it kind of went into a montage of people talking about, you know, their families. And it started off with uh, Ed and his mom, who was with him on the circle. And uh, I really enjoy them. They're they're very charismatic together and uh, over the top. And if you haven't seen them on the circle, it's it's worth a watch. But uh, I really enjoy that part. Yeah, I, I liked it, too. I mean, I thought it was a little weird when he brought his mom on the circle, but I do and I do enjoy their relationship. I think it's really cute. And, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I have, you know, we've got three little boys, um, you know, but for anybody else that didn't know, you know, we've got three little boys. So I really love seeing very strong mother son relationships. It's just something that kind of sits close to my heart for obvious reasons. And so, yeah, that really touched my heart. Ed and his mom was great. And then the the next one right after that kind of just tugged at my heartstrings. It was Big T talking to her sister. And, you know, she teared up a little bit when her sister started telling her about, you know, don't worry about don't stress yourself out about making this final and winning this final, because no matter what happens, you're going to have somewhere to come home where people love you regardless. And, you know, that was just a really sweet, touching moment, especially because you know that it's got to be stressful, especially for players like Big T, because I think that she knows that she's not like you know, she's not competing at the top level like some of the other people there. And so I think it wasn't really nice for her to just hear some kind of positive words in that harsh environment. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, it's like I said last week when we were talking about this, it's nice to see beyond the characters that they're doing in the actual reality show where they're, you know, talking to their family and they're a little bit vulnerable. And, you know, it you realize how tough on a personal level it must be for Big T sometimes knowing that she's not expected to win, but she still wants to be there to do that because uh, otherwise what's the point really? And you know how difficult it may be going back and watching, you know, a season after it airs and seeing what some people say. And, you know, I fell for her in that situation. From there, I, I led into another one that I'm sure you loved, which was Nelson and his mom. And, you know, really touching, especially hearing how Nelson's mom yells at the TV and cheers and all of that. It's, you know, it's heartwarming nonetheless. Oh, absolutely. You know, and especially hearing that little chat that Nelson was having in his confessional about how, you know, he was kind of a troubled kid coming up. And so you can tell that the fact that his mom still has that you know, obviously she still loves him, but the fact that she still supports him after all of, you know, the crazy things that he put her through as he at, when he was younger, you know, you can tell that that really means a lot to him. And I'm sure her watching that clip, I am sure that that woman absolutely melted hearing him talk about how much he wants to win so that he can take care of her. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, once again, I can like how, you know, we can kind of relate with having the three kids. I can relate with that coming from a, you know, a single parent household and just with my mom. And it makes me want to root and pull for Nelson even more to, you know, not only make a final, but, you know, win one, even if it's not this year or in future years. Absolutely. I, I do like Nelson. Obviously, we all know this season I'm rooting for CT. I'm always rooting for CT. So we'll wait for a season when CT's not on it. And then <laughs> and then I can root for Nelson. 
I'm going to be honest, even season CT's not on, she's still weird in form. <laughs> He's not even there, and I'm like, yeah, CT's going to win this one. <laughs> CT would have won Battle of the Bloodlines. She tells me that every time. <laughs> he would have, though, I'm just saying. It was a, it was a weak-ass season, but um, yeah, he would have, but nonetheless. Oh, my God. Anyway, so right after that, um, we actually get my believe it or not, my favorite phone call of the evening. And this one was Kyle with his girlfriend. And she showed him pictures of the ultrasound of his son. And this was the first time he had seen it. Uh, She was about six months pregnant. And yeah, we got to see his reaction to the ultrasound photos, which was absolutely heartwarming to see it. And I think it was just one of those situations like as I was watching it, it kind of like I flash back to you know, when we went and I got to see my husband's reaction. And it's just, it's always one of those touching feelings where you can watch a dad finally recognize and realize that this is a real thing. This is a real tiny little human being and that it's going to be yours. (laughs) And, you know, so it was kind of uh, cool to see that thought finally develop in his head right there on the, on the call with his girlfriend. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, any any parent can relate to that, and especially any dad. For the first time hearing the heartbeat or seeing your child, it, it's a different level of like, a, uh, for a lack of better terms, oh shit, this is real, <laughs> um, you know. But it was, you know, it was nice to see once again, and, and I think there's a lot of repeated themes that run through the fandom. And also run through each character to a degree. And once again, I'm going to bring this up with Kyle is his evolution of a character from who he was on Vendettas to who he's become now in Spies, Lies and Allies is really an interesting turn that I wouldn't have predicted. And on top of that, now he's going to start pulling Corey's all the time. Be like, yeah, I'm doing this for my kid. Yeah, I I honestly, I'm waiting for next season when, I mean, we've actually already gotten a little bit of it this season. Uh, First episode, you know, when TJ was talking about the million dollar prize, or Kyle in his confessional was like, I need that money, TJ. I got my girlfriend pregnant, you know? And so like, and then even in this episode, I think it was this episode in one of his confessionals, he was like, you know, yeah, it was actually when he was talking to his girlfriend, he was like, you know, I have to win this money. I have to bring it home for my son, for my girlfriend, you know? And so we've already gotten a little bit of that from Kyle, but I'm waiting until, you know, I'm not sure how quickly he's going to come back. We know he just recently had his son, but I am excited for when he comes back to see just just how often and we can have a little competition and see which one of them says it more often in the season it's gonna be kyle after every lie (laughs) after every lie he's gonna be like no no i I lied for my kid (laughs) how quick is he gonna pull the fuck you button on devin (laughs) yeah no shit right So from there, um, speaking of Kyle, kind of leads out from that into, uh, uh, I don't want to put this, it leads into a semi-graphic conversation with Amanda on exactly what Kyle can expect when his wife goes into labor. (laughs) And as I am not qualified to discuss this any further, (laughs) including, you know, why this episode got the title mucus plug i'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to our resident expert and that's karina um why don't you go ahead and break that down for us babe oh my god uh, this is, 
this is quite possibly one of the greatest moments of this season so far. Like not even just of this episode, but of this season, because Kyle's reaction when Amanda tells him that there's a mucus plug. And I'm assuming that MTV just didn't air it, but that she explained to Kyle exactly what a mucus plug is. And contrary to what Rick believes, I will spare you all the graphic details. If you want to know, Google is an amazing tool, guys. But I am sure that Amanda explained to him exactly what it was. And <laughs> the reaction, he was, can you not just plug it back in? <laughs> like, I literally was crying on the freaking couch while I was watching this part. I have no idea how Amanda did not piss her pants sitting there talking to Kyle. <laughs> I think she did. I think there was a little LBL. I'm going to be honest. Not a lot, just a little light. Oh, my God. Anyways, I'm getting besides myself. So it really was a hilarious conversation. And watching the realization of Kyle seeing the baby for the first time and knowing he's going to be a dad to what I would assume would be within the next day or two, having the realization of what that really means when the baby's on the way was a fantastic evolution of Kyle's character once again. <laughs> And uh, you know what? I, honestly, guys, can you really pay for better TV at this point? I, you know what? I, I don't care what anybody says. Like, I know that the beginning of the season was a little bit slow, but these last couple episodes have just been so great. And they've given us such different things in each of these last couple episodes. You know, like I said, this episode was really fun, really fun. I enjoyed it so much. And this moment with Kyle and Amanda definitely was like the cherry on top of everything. I loved it. I loved it so much. So, you know, guys, just to give you a little bit of uh, behind the scenes on what happens here on the podcast to make sure that me and Karina are kind of staying on subject and don't just wander off in a million different directions talking about everything that's happened in the last 37 seasons of the challenge. Uh, we both sit here with our phones on our notepads and with notes, obviously, of last episode so we can kind of scroll through. And I just happened to glance over at hers and I glanced over at mine. And I see where we're both at. And we damn near have the same exact thing, just written slightly different. <laughs> Karina says, Emmanuel and Tori emoji with the hard eyes, hard eye emoji. Mine is Tori and Emmanuel love question mark, question mark, question mark. So let's go get into this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But to be fair, I just want to point out that the only reason that you are questioning this Emmanuel and Tori love is because I think you're just trying to find a fault in it because you love Tori too. And I'm sorry, but they're fucking adorable. I'm going to be honest. I love Tori from afar. <laughs> It's a, it, that's all it'll ever be is from afar with that being said though I you know obviously know what's happened because I've followed them both on social media so but without giving anything else away I just want to put a little mystery in it because I mean let's be honest you know Manuel is kind of a mysterious guy he's it, a vampire exactly he just looks mysterious until <laughs> he Damn near gets booty hole naked and twerks around the house. 
I just want to know whose clothes those were. Like, were was that was that were those Tory's heels that he was like strutting down the stairs in? Do like he killed that walk. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He was flipping the hair around. He was twerking. Like everything. It was fantastic. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, I love seeing them just have fun in that house. Yeah, absolutely. No, one hundred percent. Like. Honestly, that was one of the funniest moments other than uh, the birthday party where Devin came out in his Speedo, right? Oh, my God. So right up there. And damn, he did kill that walk because all I kept thinking is, one, bro, you're going down those stairs and I would be, you know, just I would have fell first step, just take eating shit. And then he went up and twerked in the hills. And you know what? I'm just going to give the man his respect. He did. He did what he had to do. All right. (laughs) You know, and. It was hilarious. <laughs> I loved it. I, I'm I am here. Like I'll be honest, guys. At the beginning, I wasn't too sure about Emmanuel. I, you know, there's the whole discount Jordan joke that goes around, and he just seemed a little bit off-putting. I'm guilty of that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That was Rick yeah. that started that. By the way, guys. I didn't start it. I just you I, amplified it big time. I didn't amplify. it. Yes, I you just, did. Look, would you? St- Stop making me look bad in front of Corey, who may eventually listen to our show at some point. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. I didn't amplify. I said it like three times once on the podcast. It just happened to catch on. That's all. It's okay. I'm not the only one who sees it. I know. Okay. I'm happy for him. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, I, I, I like them together. I really do. It, just the fact that Emmanuel was willing to put on heels, put on those little shorts and like pull his butt cheeks out of him, put the wig on like he did. He, he did the whole nine. And the fact that he was willing to do that just to have some fun with Tori, like tells me what kind of relationship that they have. And he seems like, don't get me wrong. I loved Jordan, the Jordan and Tori thing. Don't get me wrong. But he just seems a little bit more well-suited to her true raw personality, like her goofiness, her weirdness. And it seems like from his confessionals and stuff that he really appreciates that side of her. And I love seeing that side of Tori. And so, like, it's just nice to see her kind of being herself again and 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 feeling more free to be herself in the house. And we've even seen it on social media, but you know, and, and as far as for the show, it's just, I feel like it's coming through so much more this season and I am here for every second of it. Yeah, no, all jokes aside, like, you know, um, I like Tori and all that, but 100%, I had kind of a prejudice going into the season about Emmanuel. And then the more I've watched him, the more I, come to enjoy him and enjoy who he is in the house and the little bit he lets on and who he is and to be 100 completely honest I do think there is a certain level of similarity in their personalities and they fit each other very well and I wouldn't really be surprised if it's a long-term couple thing that they have or not or just a long-term friendship because they do have those very playful sides of them and they do fit well together. Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, and that's the thing, too, is even if it didn't develop into like an actual relationship, you know, just having a friend that you can get on that type of a level with is an amazing thing, especially, like I said, for someone like Tori, who is just, you know, everybody's got a little bit of weirdness in them. But then, you know, you you meet people like Tori who 
is just a little bit overboard and that's and not i don't think she's overboard but i'm just saying for a lot of people it could come off that way what are you um, trying to say i would what you think tori's overboard hell no i don't think tori's overboard i would literally like give just about anything to just hang out with her for one day and just be weird together like <laughs> i would love that um but i'm just saying that's a lot of the things that we see you know in the groups and stuff when people are like you know, the Tory haters come out of the freaking woodworks and, you know, it's her, she's too much. She's over. She's too over the top. She's, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And so it's, you know, it's cool to see somebody else in the house who appreciates that side of her and encourages it and plays along with it as well. I, I just I love to see it. Yeah, no, um, I'm just joking, obviously, about that. I think that you don't think it's over the top. I don't really think it's over the top. Um I think there's just people that have ways of being who they are. And sometimes that's really quirky or they're smart asses or they're pricks to people or they're just don't give a fuck about what people think. And if they think it's funny, they're going to do it. And you know what? Live your life to be who you are. And I'm all about that. Anyways, before we go super philosophical on life and all of that, let's go ahead and move in uh, to the daily, which uh, aptly was called Satellite Sabotage. Yeah, this one was actually kind of interesting. Uh, So we're up in the air, heights over water. So, you know, automatically half the cast is scared shitless. It still shocks me how many people show up every season and are absolutely just terrified of heights over water. It's like, guys, you know they do this like multiple times every year. Like, okay, but whatever. Anyway, so the concept of this game is that you are up in the air on this like spinning device. It, it doesn't consistently spin, but it does seem to not necessarily be like locked in place. So it moves when you jump on it. Rotate. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. It kind of rotates a little bit every time you jump. Uh, so the the point is to jump from satellite arm to satellite arm. In between each arm as you go along, the distance increases, so it's a little bit further of a jump each time. And when you get to the final uh, satellite arm, you're supposed to take a leap of faith, grab the plug, and, you know, go into the water. And that will count. And whatever team has the most plugs pulled wins the daily challenge. Oh my god! Sorry. See, they called it mucus plugs, yeah, and then they're clicked. pulling it plugs, clicked. and yeah. it's there's it a lot clicked. of plugs. This guy, he's a child. <laughs> it clicked. I'm sorry, I couldn't stop laughing. It just clicked when you said he jumped and he pulled a plug. And I was like, oh, oh, I get it. I get it. That's funny. Yeah, apparently you, he couldn't plug that that plug back in. No, I'm just kidding, guys. And then the whole time that they're jumping, obviously, you got the other two teams down sitting on the ground, just blasting their asses with fire hoses, like straight on in the dome. Like, oh, my God, that shit was crazy. So uh, it doesn't really tell us how the teams are chosen who goes first, but we end up getting Sapphire um, up first. I assume that Emerald got to choose what order the teams went in, and maybe they did show that in the show and I just missed it. So if that's true, I apologize, guys. Uh, but I just didn't catch that part. But I'm assuming that Emerald got to choose the order. Sapphire goes first, and of course, our boy CT, he takes the lead on the team, and he's like, look, I'm going to take the lead. I'm going to show these guys how it's done, kind of give them a little bit of confidence, show them that this is possible. And then... 
this motherfucker <laughs> just bunny hops from one satellite arm to the next satellite arm all the way, almost all the way around this thing. I think he barely fell on the last one. And the whole time I'm watching this, all I could think about was that daily in the duel when he was just bunny hopping back and forth across those two platforms up in the air. I don't know if any of you guys, I'm sure many of you remember it, but that was crazy. And it was insane to like see him do it now at like 41 years old. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I can really say much more about CT than has already been said. My note here is CT's a beast. So there's that. <laughs> but on a side note, one thing I found hilarious was the way Nelson kept landing on those platforms. And I swear to God, every time he landed, my stomach hurt so bad because I know he hit his nuts on those scenes. And I was just cringed for him every time they did it. I was just like, oh. I just had to throw that out there. But so anyways, Nelson makes it all the way around. Uh, I believe he made it all the way around, but I don't think he got the plug because I think that Sapphire only had the one plug that CT got because Ashley dropped Amanda, Amanda dropped Amanda dropped. Well, uh, Ashley quit, which yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed in Ashley. I'm a little bit disappointed in that. Okay. She knew it wasn't a girl's limb. She didn't care. Yeah, she didn't give a fuck. She was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Although there is a joke going around that she said something about she didn't want to pop her implant or whatever. And that was hilarious because it was kind of funny. We were actually talking about Siobhan and that moment earlier today. So it was just like ironic for me to read that. I don't know if it's true, but... Anyway, so Bettina jumps off, Ashley jumps off, you know, Amanda starts going and Tori just absolutely loses her mind. She's just like sitting there and she's just like screaming, just blasting Amanda with this fire hose. And, you know, Amanda goes down. She was all in on that. All in. Like she was just worried. Scream the whole time. I was like, damn, Tori, get it. It reminded me of what's that? What's that movie that uh, what's it called? Like Scarface or whatever, where he's standing there with that that like uh, machine gun. And yeah. He's just like, bah, 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 bah. like, that's what it reminded me of the whole time I was watching Tori do that. I was like, dude, she's having way too much fun. Just blasting Amanda right now. <laughs> it was like a scene. It was like the scene from Predator where they're all standing just 30 guys firing their weapons into the jungle. <laughs> just all screaming. Yeah. Just bloodthirst in the air. <laughs> That was Tori in that moment. She was out for blood. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That was hilarious. I loved it. It was a great shot. Great shot. Shouts to the producers and stuff for that. Uh, because that was that was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, and you know, just to kind of round out the Sapphire team, a little disappointed in Ed made it to the first beam and fell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, man. I mean, shit man you could have done that you give him 10 more tries i bet he does it nine times but he just first time fucked it up uh feel bad for the guy but is what is so yeah you're right sapphire finishes with one plug pulled uh a la ct who has a child i don't believe that's a coincidence there that he helped pull the only plug on that team (laughs) i'm surprised a man that didn't get to it but that's neither here nor there (laughs) 
Um, yeah. So next up after that, we uh, we get the Ruby team and right out the gate, we get CT messing with Emmy. And I absolutely love this part. I lost it. I lost it laughing when this happened. But he's just standing there and he's like, hey, Emmy, Emmy. And he's like, be careful. There's some really big fish in there. I don't know what kind of fish they are, but they ate the smaller one. And she just like freaks out and she's like, no, please, no more. Like, don't go any higher. And she's like freaking out, which like, I don't want to sound like I find enjoyment in people being terrified. Yes, you do. Okay, maybe I do. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm sorry. I love Emmy, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Nonetheless, <laughs> CT's doing it because it's a game. He's trying to win. There's money on the line. He's trying to freak people out. He knows he can get to Emmy. I get it. Like, not the end of the world. And that kind of leads into the next scene, and I'm jumping ahead here. Because when on the Ruby, as Ruby team's getting ready to go, um, I'll re, we'll go back and recap some of the other people, but... I'm going to skip ahead to when Big T's going. You hear CT yell out, save some time, jump in. (laughs) And I know a lot of people are pissed off about this. I I get it. Like, you know, I I get it. But y'all are still upset about something that we've all known about for 20 seasons now. You know, like CT's always been like this with people, women, men. Like, as much as he's evolved, he's still... CT. Well, and I'm, I'm actually going to cut in right here because I kind of actually see this situation even different than that because I see this situation the same way I see the Emmy situation. He was trying to get in Big T's head and scare her. Like, I don't think he was actually coming from a malicious point of you fucking suck drop in the water kind of a thing. Like, I really think he was just trying to get in her fucking head to get her to fall off. It was not a malicious attack at Big T towards her capabilities. Like, I did not take it that way. And, you know, maybe it's just me. I don't know. But to me, it just seemed like exactly like what he was doing with Emmy, exactly what Amanda was doing to Kyle, which nobody is freaking getting upset about which is really annoying it's like one of those double standard things where ct does something and because people like to hate ct here we are with this problem yeah i'm just playing the devil's advocate because i know i'm going to get it out of you with this so i'm going to continue playing that i'm going to say i think ct was commenting on big t's abilities and so does big t and she's talked about that today Absolutely. Well, and I'm not I'm not at all saying that CT has is a good partner for females. He's he's really almost never been. I mean, there's very few females in the history of the challenge that he has worked well with. Kara being one of them, you know, he works well with he's worked well with Laurel on Rivals, um, but they, you know, weren't really paired together. So but pretty much every female that he's ever like actually had to be paired with aside from Amber, he has come down on in some way, shape or form. And, you know, I do think that CT is just one of those people that he, he just says how how it is. You know what I mean? Like if he doesn't think that you're going to be able to handle the things that he's seen in the challenge, first of all, he's going to fucking say it and he's not going to sugarcoat it for people because this is a game. He's not here to make friends. Like I almost guarantee that almost every single one of these people don't hear from CT when he goes home, you know, aside from like a select few, like we know Josh and CT have hung out um, in between double agents and spies, lies and allies, you know, and obviously CT 
he's had other friends on the show, etc. But, you know, it's just not one of those things where I see like, you know, CT and Big T having this like close relationship once they leave the game. And so it's like, I don't know. I just again, this comes back to it's a fucking game, guys. It's a game for a million dollars. And he doesn't want to be with somebody that he doesn't think can handle it. You know, and that's that's just how it is. No. And you know what? I 100 percent agree with you. We've had this conversation many times and I honestly don't think it was malicious. I really do truly think he was just trying to fuck with her and maybe they have a closer relationship or he thought they had a closer relationship than they really did. So, all right. With that being said, let's go ahead and backtrack to the beginning of the Ruby team starting. And once again, Corey taking that leadership role and pulling, doing the same exact thing CT did and saying, I'll go first. I'll set the tone. And he goes through and he kills it. I mean, he doesn't bunny hop from each one to each one, but he sure shit gets from one side to the other and pulls that plug. Yeah, I I, I just want to point out really quick, um, because I caught this on my second watch through today. (laughs) MTV did him a little bit dirty. However, at the same time, they did the fan base really nice. So if you guys rewatch that daily, when Corey goes, they do like a close up slow motion on his booty when he's jumping across these these satellite arms guys and it's like wiggle 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 yeah like (laughs) go rewatch it i'm serious you won't regret it okay i'm sorry honey (laughs) anyways oh also also when he's standing on that last arm and they're just blasting him with the fire hoses and he just turns and like flips them all off and he's like fuck you guys and then he jumps and grabs the plug like that was that was boss as fuck yeah, he did beast out that last part, though. I'll give you that. <laughs> so, yeah, after we get that, we, you know, we get Kyle and uh, he is not graceful. Let's just if for as big as Kyle is being six two, he could have he could have easily just stepped across to each beam. Yeah, he could have high stepped it just like CT did. But no, he didn't. But however, he did do good. He made it all the way around. And in fact, he made it even further around than he was supposed to, because apparently he was not paying attention when TJ said, you must take a leap of faith and not jump on that back onto that final arm. You have to jump and pull the plug from underneath it. Of course, Kyle doesn't freaking listen. I don't know if this was on purpose or on accident. I have a little theory that Kyle was like kind of hoping that Ruby would lose so that he may possibly get sent in so that he could switch teams. But... That's just my like little like conspiracy theory. Anyway, um, yeah, so he goes and he jumps on top of the arm, pulls the plug and then drops himself into the water, like completely breaking the rules of the game. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of those scenes where like, okay, they got a plug, but is this one really going to count? So and then we basically proceed into for the next couple contestants, which is Emmy and Big T, a series of highlights of TJ laughing every time they hit the water. <laughs> because I'm not going to lie, damn, Emmy and Big T hit the water so damn hard. Like, Big T looked like one of those video games that when someone falls off a cliff and they just do cartwheels all the way down. Yeah, that Big T fall was crazy because not only did she fall, but she, like, 
hit her stomach like dead on and like her chest area too she probably freaking got the wind knocked out of her hitting on that satellite arm and then just like fell backwards and just kind of like Tori said was just like a ragdoll flying through the air and just like plummets into the water that was insane but TJ of course is standing over here like crying from laughing and I'm like watching the screen like holy cow I hope she's okay and TJ's dying laughing at this (laughs) like I love it I love it so much TJ is taking a lot harder falls so I I think he (laughs) looks at this he's like walk it off champ you'll be all right (laughs) rub some dirt on it it's gonna be fine (laughs) So after uh, those two fall, it's really down to Logan at that point. And Logan's been complaining about an injury, something about with like, you know, his hamstring or something to that effect. But he decides he's going to have to push past that and try to, you know, get across the platform to pull that final plug to uh, take the lead because he kind of knows something's going to happen with Kyle not following the rules. And he struggles, but he makes it all the way across and pulls that plug. And so the Ruby team ends up with three plugs total pulled, maybe minus one, depending on what happens with Kyle. Yeah, so then after that, we get Emerald team coming up. And uh, first off the bat, Nani tries to set the tone. And she does really good for about 24 inches and then eats (laughs) shit. That was crazy because she literally jumped to like the the smallest like little area of the bar that was like closest to where she was so it was like the shortest distance between the bars because you know how they're like cross so it the distance gets wider how far up and down the bar you go and she jumped to the shortest part of the bar like for the distance and still freaking fell off the other side i'm like what are you doing how does this even happen like how did you even fall through that itty bitty little crack right there i don't understand how this even physically happened really if she just planked she could have had like her chest and her feet on both boards but nonetheless thank you nani it was hilarious uh then we get tori leading in and gives a (laughs) great explanation on what she's good at and what she's not and we learn quickly that tori is a land animal (laughs) yeah Yeah, she's like your girl is not made for the air and well i mean (laughs) I think Tori had a little bit of a bad approach to this because if you notice, she tries to pull a CT. She tries to like bunny hop across like from her feet instead of like landing on her body and using her arms and her legs to, you know, catch herself. No, she tries to bunny hop across like CT and I'm watching her and I'm like, Tori, baby, I love you. But like what he did is that's not like the norm to be able to do that he's just superman okay like we can't be that's too much no 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 so yeah tori absolutely eats shit and then right after that we get casey up and dude she just beasts it out and like the whole time it was so funny because nani's just like standing on the side and she's just like staring at her like this proud parent and she's like so proud of her and it was really cute to see proud parent huh don't make it weird why you gotta make it weird i'm just saying like she was like super like she's sailor like cheered for her like freaking mom does at a soccer game like she was all about it like it was just it was really cute to see that side of them because like i don't know they 
in a lot of the scenes that they show of Nani and Casey, like in the house and stuff, like to me, it kind of comes off like Nani comes off a little bit awkward. And at first I was like, okay, she's not really into this relationship is what it felt like to me. And now I'm just kind of feeling like maybe she's just not into the relationship in front of the camera. And so, cause I feel like we get a little bit more authentic Nani Casey interactions when maybe Nani's not conscious of the fact that the camera is on her like that date that they had was so awkward and weird and Nani just she seemed really tense and awkward during it and so but so I I don't know whatever if you want to try to make my wording all weird and whatever then that's your problem but I'm just saying like it was just really cute to watch Nani like looking on like cheering for her and like that smile that she had on her face like you could tell she was so damn proud of her girl and it was just it was really cool to see that side just giving you a hard time but No, it was really sweet to watch Nani cheer on Casey. And let's be honest, Casey has kind of proven over the last two seasons that she's a beast. And now she might be the Zen beast after that performance because she just took a deep breath and handled it. And then we get, you know, my personal favorite this season, Devin. And, (laughs) you know, Devin puts out a really good question. He's, you know, or not really a question, but, you know, kind of makes you think he goes, I'm a, I'm not all brains. I'm more than just that. Got a little bit of brawn too. And he fucking proves it and does the whole fucking thing and pulls the plug. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was one of my favorite parts. And just to correctly quote this. Oh, geez. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take the Lord's name in vain. You misquote Devin. We got problems. Crikey. <laughs> So he says, uh, he says, I've got a little bit of brawn in me tucked in here somewhere underneath all of this. Let's go. And I loved that part. Like it just, it got me fired up. He didn't even have to do his big let's go like thing. Like it was just so simple, so easy. Just watch this motherfuckers. I'm going to show you exactly that you guys are all wrong about this. I can compete at a physical level at a physical level I am more than just brain and I'm gonna fucking show it to you right now and like Rick said he did and he made it all the way through that smashed through it pulled that plug penciled into the water just total badass okay so here's my thing why I really am starting to like Devin more and more is because he tells you his whole gameplay through the whole thing he knows he's not going to be the fastest guy across that and he's smart enough to have self-realization of what his strengths are and what his weaknesses are And he knows, like I just said, he's not going to be the fastest one across it. So he purposely goes hard with the water cannon the whole time and not messing around, but actually trying to use it to his advantage as much as he physically can to slow these other people down and in turn try to increase his chance of having a quality time against him. And it's the overall brain to think about how the game works, picture yourself in it, how you're going to do. It's just how can you not root for that? is kind of my thing. And so, yeah, I'm here for Devin. I'm for that whole scene. I'm sorry I misquoted it. Um, <laughs> but shit happens. No, uh, I was just giving you shit, and I just wanted to jump in there because I had actually taken the time to go back to that scene and write down Devin's quote for that part because I loved that quote so much. So that was just like my way of... I don't know, I guess stealing your shine. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay because you were in such a hurry that you didn't correct my mistake because Josh went before all of them. 
<laughs> and I'm yeah, just going to say. I don't think anyone got to see Josh go because it was so quick. Why you got to steal my thunder? <laughs> no, I did it twice. God. <laughs> I'm just saying. So this is the challenge trash talk round table with Karina. <laughs> anyway, so. Josh, as much as I love the guy, I've been watching him since Big Brother, and I do root for him. Well, it used to be secretly. It's not so much anymore now. But thank you all, 100 people of you that are listening that now know I like Josh. <laughs> um, but here's what I'm going to say. Bro, you're like, you're taller than me. You're 6'2", I think I saw. You can't jump two feet across a fucking bridge. Are you kidding me? Literally, you could have probably just... Spread out your legs a little bit and clear two of those fucking planks at the lowest point. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, Josh would have been one of the ones that would have been able to pull off like the CT bunny hop. Uh, unfortunately, that was not how that went down. And instead, Josh just went down. So, yeah. Yeah. So nonetheless, Josh goes down and then, you know, getting back to in order right after Devin was Emmanuel. And uh, he was looking strong. He was looking really strong. And it, it brings me to a question that we're going to have a little bit later. So uh, don't let me forget about that point. But anyways, he's going really strong, getting pretty far, getting blasted with water, and unfortunately falls off. Yeah, yeah. Emmanuel falls at the end. And then, and it was it was devastating because it was like you're just getting so pumped up for this Emerald team and they're looking so damn strong. And you know Ruby got three. We have no idea what's going to happen with Kyle's plug because, you know, TJ said you had to take a leap of faith, but it wasn't really made clear to the audience whether that would DQ you or whether that was just, you know, TJ talking. So, you know, that was that was a little devastating that Emmanuel fell at the end, but it was it was still nice. You know, his team welcomed him up, welcomed him up and, you know, told him it was okay, gave him a hug, gave him love, all that stuff. So I really like to see that, you know, when the teams don't like get mad at those people. His team or Tori did. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, still. Okay, still. (laughs) Anyways, I kid, I kid. Um Getting to it, TJ brings them all together, and he announces that Kyle has screwed the Ruby team, and his plug does not count since he did not take the leap of faith. And so that ties up Ruby team with Emerald team at two apiece, and it comes down to who did it first. And surprise, surprise, Devin's strategy pays off. Emerald does it quicker. They win. They win 30 bags of almonds, and they also get, I think, $3,000 each. So it's a fair trade. Um, You know, eat the almonds, give them to someone who cares. You got three grand. Um, And congratulations (laughs) to uh, Emerald Team for back-to-back dailies. Yeah, I I just like to point out that I think it's kind of funny because, like, see, this is the difference between – challenges now and challenges back in the day because back in the day if there was a prize attached to a challenge it was like some awesome like electronic or new kind of technology that was coming out at that time or like whatever like it was always typically something cool you know like a cell phone or an xbox which obviously like nowadays isn't doesn't sound like super cool 
Um, but it was back then, you know, and then now it's like, you, you know, you get like protein packs and almond packs and shit like that. Like, you know, it's, it's just so weird to just be like, here's a safe of almonds. Like, thank you for doing great job today. Congratulations. Like, what? That's <laughs> so weird. The part that killed me wasn't like, hey, you you've won a lifetime supply or a five year or a one year or a one month. You've won as many packages as we can fit in this safe. <laughs> and we have not packed it efficiently. So that works out to four of these each for you. Congratulations. <laughs> Well, and I just want to know, like, how the hell do we go from one season double agents? We're like giving out like lifetime supplies of Whoppers to the next season. We're like, here, here's some protein and almond packs. Like, have a good day. Like that, like that. What is that? Like, that's such a weird flex. Like, what is going on here? Those packs were gone before they did the next daily challenge on bed. Dude, those the, those boxes were probably empty in the safe. Like they probably don't even get that shit till they get back to the states. Like <laughs> I'm sure that safe was empty. I'd be so pissed. I'd be like, motherfucker, I want some almonds now, goddammit. <laughs> I want some almonds and some cheddar. <laughs> I want it. It's mine. Give it to me. <laughs> right meow. Same with the whopper. Like, fuck that. I want my whopper right now. Yeah, I got I got a lifetime supply. Cool. Give me one. I really, really, really want to know, one, how many times Darrell has taken his kids for Whoppers, and two, how many times um, Amber, because she's on a cross-country road trip right now, I want to know how many times she stopped at Burger King to get a Whopper on her journey. (laughs) I'm going to be honest, Burger King and cross-country journeys don't mix. Oh, no, 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 they definitely don't, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you're tired, you're driving, it's late at night, like, nowhere's really open except Burger King, let's get a Whopper. Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still no? <laughs> nah. Nah. D- n- nah. Go hungry? <laughs> I'll get some McDonald's breakfast in the morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so like you said, Emerald Team takes the win on this one, which honestly I'm not surprised about. Like, I know everyone's dream partner, dream teammate is CT. But when you really break down the teams, like... Emerald team is the team to beat right now. Like they have such a great chemistry. And I think that that's really what sets them apart from, you know, even Sapphire who granted, yeah, they have the most championships. I don't think Emerald has any championships on their team. Uh, But anyway, you know, Sapphire has, you know, CT's got four and Ashley's got two. That's six championships just right there between those two, you know, which so you would think that that would be the team. But man, Emerald is just killing it. Yeah. I mean, I think they're just really well-rounded team. I think the dynamic on Sapphire hasn't found their groove yet. But with that being said, I don't think that they're not going to find their groove either. You know, I'm sure they're going to win a couple dailies coming up. It just, they have to hit their stride in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, you know, so we head back to the house. Um, we get a couple little clips of, you know, CT putting on his politician hat. He's going around talking to everybody, kind of seeing where they stand. You know, uh, if they, I see, you see him kind of talking to Logan, seeing what Logan thinks and talks to Ed um, and sees, you know, where they think they're standing in the game. And he even talks with Kyle and, you know, 
brings up the idea of, you know, would you switch? And, you know, so he's just kind of filling out information. Uh, like I said, filling that politician role that, you know, we see him play so often in these seasons. Um, but they don't really give us much between the daily and the nominations. And even even the nominations are, you know, a little bit dull this episode. Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of those situations where it was already a foregone conclusion who was going in and it was going to be Kyle because of what he did. Or at least it was going to lean that way, kind of depending on how Emerald wanted to play it. And the little bit that we did see was the Emerald team meeting, I guess you can call it, um, the huddle where they were talking back and forth. And they were going back on, you know, are they going to nominate Kyle? Are they going to nominate Ed? Who are they going to nominate as the, you know, agency vote? And the questions brought up by Casey and Devin together, which is, which one do you think is going to infiltrate Emerald if they win? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we actually hear Tori bring that up right at the beginning of the of the meeting. And, you know, she's like, you guys have to realize that whoever we throw down there, there's a good chance they're going to infiltrate Emerald. You know, and then we see Devin just kind of break down each option. Like it becomes extremely clear in this scene that Devin is running the show on that team. Like we all kind of, we, we knew it, but it just it, it laid it out plain for everybody to see that he is the brains on that team. And and he's he's the leader. He's the Corey of of the Emerald team at this point. So this kind of came clear to me in this episode that there is a certain level of vets or certain levels in between vets. And what I mean by that is if you watch the confessionals that Ashley or CT do, it's they're spitting facts about the game. It's they're doing this, this, blah, blah, blah. And I'll get into that here in a minute. And then there's vets on Casey and Devin's level, because I think they're really on a level above everybody else on Emerald where they understand the game, even maybe more so than Nani necessarily does as far as looking outside the box on how other people are going to react to what you decide to do. Absolutely. And I think that that's a really undervalued uh, quality to have in this game. And a lot of the people don't possess it. You know, we, we talk about this all the time that I think that these people forget it's a game, you know, and they, they don't play with strategy. And it's nice to see, you know, people who do play with strategy. And, you know, we like I said, we've known pretty much majority of the season that Devin's been working in the backgrounds, has been pulling some strings and stuff, you know, but it was really nice to, like I say, like I said, you know, see them lay it out flat like that, that, you know, this is, these is kind of everybody's roles on that team. And again, that kind of plays back into their chemistry and why I think that they work so well, because you didn't see them kind of fighting and bickering against Devin as he was leading that conversation, you know, so it kind of goes to show that everybody kind of knows their role in that team. And again, I think that's why they work so well together. Yeah, absolutely. And this was one of those episodes where you kind of got an idea of how deliberation was going to go before you even got in there in the six minutes of politicking that they showed with the Emerald team meeting and then the little bit with Kyle and then they showed Ed and Ed knowing he fucked up and fell on the first, you know, the first jump kind of had that feeling, well, shit, I'm a rookie. They're probably going to pick a rookie you know, kind of thing. And I think I saw Banana say it. And he said, there's a difference between playing with heart and playing with your heart. And you have to figure that out. 
and Ed hasn't quite got there yet. And of course he's a rookie and this tends to happen with rookies. And that goes into like what I was talking about with CT is CT calls it. He goes, you know, rookies play erratically. They pay, they don't play with their heads. They play with their hearts and their emotions and they just do what they want to do. And that's what makes them dangerous in this game. And which leads into deliberations where we think, you know, after Kyle being so humble because he knows he fucked up, he thinks he's going in where Ed basically pulls the ultimate rookie move and nominates himself. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. You know, like you said, Kyle kind of kicked off the deliberation. I'm, yeah, the deliberation with an apology. Um, in my opinion, it was kind of a half ass apology. I don't really know how bad Kyle really feels um, about the loss. But again, I think it was one of those things, like you said, where he kind of felt the pressure. And, you know, I think it was his way of showing a little bit of humility in hopes that maybe the attention would be taken off of him and put onto one of the rookies, you know, and thankfully for him, yeah, Ed steps up and, you know, and his assumption is it's between him and Logan and he wants to take the bullet for Logan, you know, somebody that he's known for what, six weeks, maybe five, like six weeks is how long they film in total, I think. So maybe three. Yeah. And I guess you're right. Cause we're only about halfway through and Ed also came in late So it's like, you know, like you've barely known this guy. And it was kind of like Ashley said, she was like, you know, call me in three months and tell me if you guys still talk, because I guarantee you don't. And it makes me wonder if Logan and Ed are talking today as this episode airs, like, are they still friends? Do they talk? You know, it's like, was it was it worth it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the lines that stole it for me in deliberations when Ed kind of volunteers that he's going to go and everybody's like, okay, and then they're like, well, who are you going to pick? <laughs> you know, and it was it was humorous and all of that. And it was a great way to break the tension of Ed nominating himself. But like you said, and like I said earlier, I mean, with CT and Ashley, they tell the truth about these situations. Like, yeah, it's great to be a martyr in certain situations, but not when you're playing for a million dollars. Like, that's not the right time to be a martyr. And, you know, even Amanda called it. You know, she said it too. And it does show the different level of understanding of this game and how it works. Right. You know, and I mean, speaking of Amanda and Ashley, you know, Corey Nelson, we've seen plenty of situations where friends have thrown themselves in for friends. And those are situations that I can understand a little bit more when you've had that relationship for a a long period of time. And when you're friends outside of the show, you know, Corey and Nelson are very close outside of the show. Amanda and Ashley are very close outside of the show. And so, you know, it's just one of those things. But it's like when it's a brand new person, like I could have never seen even like Ashley and Amanda doing this for each other on their first season together before they really knew each other. And if you guys remember back, Corey and Nelson got in a fight in that final little elimination on invasions. Like they almost hit each other and one of them or both of them could have gotten sent home. Like, you know, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like that type of move, in my opinion, is something that is just weird when it's with somebody that you barely even know, like you would really risk that money and the opportunity, even just the opportunity to have a shot at that money that you would risk that for somebody that you barely know. It's just, again, like you said, it's the difference between playing with heart and playing with your heart. Yeah. 100%. So no surprise in it that Emerald team or the agency picks Ed to go in as the, 
you know, the main vote and it leads into elimination and where they enter into the arena. And we see as challenge fans, one of our favorite sites, which is a dirt patch with a giant rope wrapped around the circle and a little, well, I guess in this situation it was a kind of like a rope, but fuck it. It was pole wrestle and I was here for it. Let's go because Ed doesn't look like a bitch. He looks like he can fuck some shit up. So I'm ready for this. I want to see who he's going to pick. Yeah, Tori said it perfectly. As soon as they entered the arena, she was like, there's a ring. It's a headbanger, baby. Like, and you could hear it with the music, too. Like the second that that scene opened on the on the arena there. And as they were walking in and I was hearing the music, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Like I was getting so pumped up. And it was. This is honestly, guys, this is my favorite elimination. Maybe next to like balls in. But like when you when you break down like the the, these physical eliminations that are really popular, like hall brawl, pole wrestle balls. Like this is the one that I really love because I feel like there's a lot more to it than there is with like. Hall brawl, for example, you know, so I was really stoked to see that pole in the middle of the sand and know that, you know, these boys are going to get down and get dirty tonight. And they certainly did. Yeah. So anyways, Ed gets to the point where he has to make the decision of who he's going to call in. He lets it known that he's not picking a rookie, which leaves Corey, Nelson, Kyle and CT. He then says, I'm not going for anyone on my team sapphire team which leaves team ruby with kyle and Corey, and he decides to pick of all people in this situation fucking kyle kyle in pole wrestling that's like picking Derek k in pole wrestling why tell me you've never seen past challenges with kyle without telling me that you've never seen past challenges with kyle like come on ct says it best kyle has never lost at pole wrestle he even beat ct and ct was big at that moment like when he went against kyle and jp in that like double ring pole wrestle thing like he was a big dude he was big and so yeah i don't know man that was that was a really silly move on my in my opinion yeah i mean look i'm gonna be honest I think you would have had a better chance of if the elimination was back up off me and you decide to go against CT. Like, you were losing that elimination the minute you said Kyle's name. And then on top of that, Ed kind of showed that he knew about Kyle, but he didn't know about Kyle because he thought, oh, Kyle's scrawny. I'm going to mess him up because I'm big and strong. And, you know, it didn't take long for uh, experience to win out in that situation. Yeah. So we get started right in round one. Ed actually Ed actually does good, Um, you know, which I wasn't really surprised about. I expected him to be able to at least handle his own for a little while. I think the biggest problem is that he had no strategy. So he would get in a in a decent position with Kyle. But then it was like he didn't know what to do from there. You know, like in the first in the first round, he um, he gets Kyle on his back. But then it's like he doesn't know what to what to do from there. So Kyle reaches up with his legs, wraps him around Ed. And then he just lets Ed just throw him and toss him around that sand, just wearing Ed out. And I know it was probably killing Kyle's back, but I think that it was just that adrenaline and being in that moment, knowing that 
he's getting more tired than Kyle is just sitting there hanging on. And he's using all arms to do what he's doing to Kyle. You know what I mean? Like he is just wearing himself out completely. And I think Casey even came in on a confessional and was like, dude, you're beating yourself at this elimination right now. Once again, tell me you're a rookie without telling me you're a rookie. You know, it's a simple fact that, like you said, he went in there with no strategy. He figured he could muscle his way through this. And Kyle's a savvy veteran when it comes to pole wrestle and knows what it comes down to. He knows it's not about who's the strongest, but who can last the longest and then strike when the time's right. And you watched Ed sit there trying to powerbomb Kyle, getting him about three inches off the ground, which, yeah, it probably hurt Kyle a little bit, but... Ed probably got maybe 10 of those off before he was done. And you saw it like it was just a different person towards the end of that first round. And Kyle easily comes away with the win, in my opinion, before they go into round two. Yeah, I I agree 100 percent. Kyle easily takes that pole and, you know, goes up 1-0 and we head into round two. And again, you know, Ed, Ed kind of takes him in the beginning. He gets in a really good position, but he just doesn't know what to do and he can't get Kyle to loosen his grip. He doesn't know how to break that grip. And so again, Kyle comes in with his length and he uses his leg to flip Ed, literally flips Ed over with his legs. Like that was so impressive. And then he just rips the pole right out of him, right from behind him and just pulls it right out from underneath his arm. And there we go. Kyle wins. Yeah. So in that situation, it really wasn't that surprising knowing who he picked. Um, I kind of walked into that knowing once they said or he said Kyle's name that it was over. He was going home and, you know, it sucks because I like Ed and I think he does add something to the show. And, you know, I think his personality is very uh, uh, gregarious and contagious. And uh, I enjoyed watching him on TV this year and I wouldn't mind seeing him back. Uh, Hopefully he just learn to play it a little bit smarter and learn the number one rule of the challenge, which is don't nominate yourself to go in. Yeah, there's there's, there's no skulls. There, there's no skulls, Ed. You don't have to go down to elimination. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bummed Ed left. Um, I really wished we got to see a little bit more of him because I felt like the majority of the stuff we saw from Ed was all kind of just like, you know, in the club, dancing on the floor and stuff. But we didn't really get to see much of what his capabilities are. And I think that there's a lot that we didn't see of Ed. So I really do hope we do see him in the future. He was incredibly humble. He won and lost with grace. You know, this wasn't the first elimination he was in. And, you know, both times he he was just a he was just an overall joy the entire season, um, you know. And so I do hope that he comes back. And, uh, you know, and even when he was leaving, you know, he gave a nice little speech, thanked everybody, told everybody he loved them, no hard feelings, nothing like that, you know. And so that was that was really nice. It was nice to see him leave on a good note with literally like everybody in the house. I don't think there was anybody there who really didn't like Ed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, on a gameplay note, it was a really stupid move by Ed. But as far as who Ed is from what we've seen on the edits is, you know, he's a stand up guy. He's a class act. You know, he never complained about going down there. He was always game for everything. And, you know, it's it's nice to see that change of pace from people that are complaining about having to uh go down to an elimination. I mean, don't get me wrong. Nobody does want to go, but you know, he took it on the chin and you know, it just didn't fall his way this time. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, yeah. So we get Kyle's the winner out of this and obviously, you know, he gets to 
decide what team he wants to go to. You know, if he wants to stay with Ruby, which we know right off the bat he doesn't want. No. He's made it he's made it incredibly clear since the team started, what, two episodes ago, uh, that he regrets picking Ruby. So we know he's going to leave. It just comes down to, is it going to be Sapphire or Emerald? And, you know, he gives us this nice little speech about uh, <laughs> his, his grandfather giving him advice. <laughs> that if he should ever get the chance, he should leave Ruby and follow CT to Sapphire. So Kyle boots Nelson off of Sapphire, sends him over to Ruby. CT is not happy with this decision. Nelson is not happy with this decision. But Corey, oh, he was stoked. He's so stoked to have his buddy on his team now. And I just find it funny because Nelson is so upset about this. And Corey's over here just like a happy little parent. Like he got one of his little kids back again. Like it's truly like you named these teams and it is truly Corey and his kids now like there's no you know (laughs) awkward stepchild Kyle here like it's all so that and it makes me wonder how that's going to change the dynamic with the team like are they going to work better together or you know is Nelson just going to go into this with this negative attitude of having of being taken off of Sapphire and having to be on Ruby yeah I mean I don't know I think I get it on Nelson's perspective on why he's upset you know, as far as having to go to Ruby because he was in a good position with Sapphire. I completely understand why Corey's overjoyed that Nelson's coming instead of Kyle because, you know, on Ruby, Kyle was going to destroy that team and it was probably best for them to move on. I am surprised that he didn't boot a Manuel or Josh off Emerald, though, and move over there. I am really surprised about that, but nonetheless, it makes sense. He's there with CT. Amanda, Ashley, people he's all good with. And then who else? Bettina, I think, is on mm-hmm. there. And so, you know, it's a it's a good little situation for Kyle. Probably not the best situation for CT, but I don't see CT getting an opportunity to change his team anytime in the near future. So, no, like, I think we talked about this uh, a couple of recaps ago, but like, who the hell is going to one? Which agency is going to send CT down to the freaking arena? None of them. They're not going to do that. And who's going to call CT down? Nobody. Nobody's going to call CT down. Like, it, it, it's, well, I don't know. I CT's, in my opinion, he's going to skate right onto the final again. These idiots are going to let CT go to a final again. My thing is, is even if... You want to get CT in an elimination? Who are you throwing down there against him that's going to beat him? Yeah, and that's the thing is who's left that could actually beat CT and take CT out? Like who really could be capable of that? You know, I mean, I guess it would depend on what kind of elimination, you know, if it's if it's a puzzle or something like that, then, you know, you've got Devin and, you know, that's a possibility. Although Devin himself has already said that CT is unbeatable in puzzles. Devin's already lost twice to CT in puzzles. Right, right. But I'm just saying, like, that would be, in my opinion, that would be the closest possibility to, in the house for somebody to beat CT. I don't, Corey's not doing it. Nelson's not doing it. Emmanuel's not doing it. Logan's not doing it. Josh isn't doing it. You know what I mean? Like, Devin is the only viable option in the house that could beat CT and take him out in a puzzle elimination. Now, you put him down there in something physical, like... 
like I don't know if anybody could take CT out of physical elimination right now I mean he's got this whole new body somehow he's aging backwards Uh, I have no idea what's going on but somehow I feel like we've been transported back to rivals too and you know we haven't really seen him have to physically perform with this new body he has so it's kind of hard to say how he really would do Uh, but I mean just looking at him I would assume that (laughs) Like I said, there's there's just not really anybody around that would be like a guarantee that T- CT would be taken out. Yeah, I mean, there's always what ifs and it could happen. But the way it's laid out right now, it doesn't look like it's a tough road for CT. So with these kind of hypotheticals that we're already diving into with CT, I want to point out a few things that I've kind of noticed so far. Is there no trivia this year? Yeah, what the heck is going on? I actually, ironically, I wrote that down too. I, I'm I'm just like, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm hoping and I'm praying to the challenge gods that this isn't going to be a repeat of War of the Worlds 1 where we didn't get any trivia. Um, there was a couple other seasons, I want to say possibly invasions, that we didn't get any trivia. Um, it's only been a couple of seasons since they started doing it on Duel 2, which if anybody didn't know, that was the first season that they started consistently doing trivia every season. Anyway, but... It makes me wonder if because this was like an international season where they brought in an, a lot of international players that maybe they didn't plan trivia because obviously they don't know ahead of time, you know, who's going to make it to the end. And it would be kind of hard to like do trivia with people from like all these different countries and cultures and you don't know what they've been taught or learned as they gr- as they've grown up. So I don't know. Yeah, no, that actually makes a lot of sense in why they wouldn't do a trivia because they couldn't even do it on pop culture because it varies so much from country to country. History, social, Yeah, so everything. that's a really good point. Government, you know, like it just all of it. it, it pretty much any topic in trivia is, is, has so many variables from, you know, just depending on where you live and, and what your culture is. Um, and so, you know, it's possible we may not see trivia this this year and they can't really do challenge trivia because a lot of these places only recently have access to the challenge and Paramount and like all this stuff. Right. So they can't even do like a challenge history like trivia. So I don't know. I have this really nasty feeling in my stomach that we are not going to get trivia this year, which is really upsetting. But thankfully, they're still giving us lots of scenes of of uh, TJ laughing at the the agents. So yeah, the um, after the episode ends, we, you know, kick off into the premiere for next week for the episode next week. And we happen to be hitting our 500th episode with the challenge. Um, And I've seen a lot of fans complaining that it's happening in this season. Um, Obviously, that can't be controlled. But I have a feeling that they're going to give us something good next next week. I'm not sure what it is. I was kind of hoping that it would be that headbanger, like elimination where we see Tori like standing there and she's like, you bitches don't want none of this. And like CT's yelling at people and they've got pads and helmets on and they're like ready to rock. I was hoping it would be that for the 500th episode. However, it doesn't seem like that's what it's going to be, um, especially because like Tori had on in the in the preview for that daily, Tori had on some red sleeves, which tells me that at some point she gets moved to Ruby and that hasn't happened yet. So, I mean, 
you know, it's just one of those things where I don't think that's what we're going to get, but I hope it's something cool. Maybe it could be that like the airplane one that we've seen where the, or the jet or whatever it is, like goes underwater and it seems like they have to jump, dive down and they have to like, I don't know, like somehow release the people that are in there. I don't know. I don't really understand that one, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. I just want everyone to take notice of how hype Karina got about a daily that she has no idea what they're doing just because she saw a picture of CT in an Air Force uniform <laughs> with aviator sunglasses. That is the only reason she cares about that daily at all. That is, guys, you've seen that picture. I know you've seen that picture. I know you have. Okay, so you know where I'm talking about. That is going to be an amazing challenge. I don't care. I don't care. Well, speaking of Uncle CT, uh, there's a preview of him and Emmy getting into in the club. And I think Emmy needs to realize it's game time. You know, they're not on the same team no more. Okay, it's not Uncle CT. It's CT. I'm going to beat your ass in every elimination talk shit. But I don't think Emmy's ready for all that yet. She's still a rookie. She's writing notes. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, like she she approaches him in the club and it seems like she's talking to him about treating her differently lately. And, you know, it kind of makes me think maybe she obviously we don't know exactly what she's talking about in the moment. But if we're just playing off of what we've seen, it makes me think maybe she might have gotten her feelings hurt that he was trying to mess with her while she was up on the little spinning contraption on this episode for the satellite challenge. And, you know, if that's the case, then it's just kind of like. That's just rookie behavior, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Because, like, obviously, again, I don't think that CT was trying to be malicious with those comments that he was making to her or Big T. And, you know, was just trying to, like, throw them off their game. Again, nothing different than, like, what Amanda did with Kyle and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I think that maybe... Emmy is just one of those people that plays with her emotions, very similar to Josh. And I think that it's hard for her to separate game from, you know, real life stuff. And I think that's a big thing that we see in rookies. And possibly if she continues to come back, we may see that, you know, tendency kind of fall away from her, um, which I'm hoping for. But, you know, at this point in time, It's just one of those things that we've seen all season. She's just not able to separate, you know, the game from what's going on. You know, what what the the interactions that she has on a real life basis. Yeah, I I agree. The only thing I don't agree with you is on your timeline, um, because they were in the club. So that means they had done the daily previous to that. So my assumption is it's going to be on this next daily that CT does something or says something that affects her. But otherwise, I don't disagree with anything else you said. Speaking out about mid-season and where we're at, and we keep talking about a couple different things, and I pretty much know the answer to this, I want to go through and get your opinion on a couple different things. First one being, who's your mid-season pick to win, male and woman? Oof, uh, mid-season female. I mean, this one's hard because I'm inclined to, to just stick with Tori because she's my favorite. I'm always rooting for her. I really want to see her get her win and prove all these damn haters wrong. Um, so, I mean, but I don't necessarily know that, you know, that she's a sleeper or anything. Um, I think that she's actually looking pretty tough compared to the women that are left on the show at this point. Um, you know, aside from like Ashley, you know, I mean, I don't really see much of a, a 
competition between Tori and Amanda or Tori and Bettina. Um, you know, even Tori and Nani, I think Tori takes it. Uh, you know, I think Casey might give her a run for her money. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely on with Tori. Um, I'm always in the back of my mind rooting for Nani just because I would love to see her finally get a win. But so maybe she falls in that sleeper category. As for the guys, you know, CT is my number one always. Um, if CT doesn't win, I would love, 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 love to see Devin win. I would love to see him get a win. And again, just prove these damn haters wrong. I'm not mad about that at all. All right. So I've been putting some thought into this based on everything we've been talking about in the conversations we've had. Um, my midseason pick Uh, for winners would be CT and probably Ashley. I mean, they're just playing a really strong game. Ashley's had her moments, but nonetheless is playing a strong political game and put on one hell of a show on that challenge against Priscilla last week. Sleeper-wise, that's tough. I'm going to go with guys. I'm going to go Kyle. And then sleeper on the women. (sighs) She's not even a sleeper. I want to say Casey, but she's not a sleeper. She's a really strong competitor. Fuck it. I'm going to say Amanda. Sleeper pick. Lock it in. Matchup of the century. Amanda. Champion. It's probably not going to happen, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, about that. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's it's always possible. The thing is, is that we've seen some really shocking wins on this season, on this show before. So, I mean, anything is possible. I, I wouldn't necessarily count Amanda out 100%. But, you know, I mean, when you break down the girls that are still there, you've got Casey there, you've got Tori there, you've got Bettina there who, you know, she's not the strongest there, but she's also proved that she's, you know, she's not some weak little girl either. She can, she can handle herself and some stuff. So, you know, and and I'm not even saying that she would like beat Amanda. I think Amanda could probably take Bettina in just about anything. But, you know, there's still those other two girls that I think are at least level with, if not above Amanda's capabilities. And I think that that's what's going to end up standing in her way from, you know, making it to and or winning this final. But yeah, I I like your picks too. Um, I think that, you know, it's going to be an interesting end to the season to see how this all plays out. Agreed, agreed. Okay, here's the next one for you. Who's your male rookie of the year? Emmanuel or Logan? Ooh, dang. That one's really hard. Uh... Man, you know what? I'm I'm going to go against the grain here and I'm going to go with Logan because, you know, I know Emmanuel has been a favorite this year. I know he's shown quite a bit, but I am just really impressed with Logan's performance, especially in this most recent episode. You know, he had that hamstring pull and he made it clear that he wasn't 100 percent recovered from that. But, you know, he took the hit for his team. He even explained in his confessional that, you know, he intended on going last just so that if it was one of those situations where we have to get a plug, he he promised his team, I will make it happen. But if we are ahead and we're fine, then, you know, I'm going to just let myself drop pretty much is kind of the feel that I got from that confessional. And, you know, and they needed that plug and he fucking made it happen. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to take Logan. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to agree, too, because they both have two daily wins, I believe. With that being said, Emmanuel's two daily wins come with Casey. And Casey's proven to be a strong competitor. We saw it all last season with Leroy, too. On the other hand, both of Logan's wins came with one with Anissa and one with Nani. And not to say that they're not good competitors, because they absolutely are. 
But for a rookie to come in and have two separate partners and win with both of them says a lot to me. So he's my rookie of the year. Oh, absolutely. Well, and just the simple fact of like the the challenges that they won, you know, the one that he he won with Anissa, you know, there was a bunch of running there. It was an endurance kind of daily. And that's Anissa's weak point. And, and you know, I really feel like he contributed uh, by keeping her motivated in a positive way. And even she said that, you know, on that first episode. And then when he won with Nani, it was a, a physical thing. And she's this little tiny girl, you know what I mean? And so it's not even like the, the challenges that he won with Anissa or with Nani were challenges that were within their strong, you know, capabilities, their strong points. It was things that they're actually weak at. Sorry, wheelhouse. Yeah. It wasn't within their strong wheelhouse. It was actually things that, you know, were, were weaknesses for these girls. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree 100%. You know, I think, with that being said, Logan was the determining or, you know, was the main factor in that. And hence why he's my rookie of the year. With that being said, guys, um, I just looked at the time and it's 1156. And I just realized that I have an interview with a guest tomorrow, me and Karina both pretty Ooh. early. And I don't want to give it away yet because I don't, you never know how long with editing and all that. But it is someone that I'm actually a fan of. I enjoyed him on The Real World. I enjoyed his single season of The Challenge very, very much. And uh, I am constantly cheering on for him to come back. We'll see what happens. But without giving away too much, um, we've got an interview tomorrow morning, so we're going to start wrapping this up. First and foremost, uh, Karina, do you have anything you want to say? You know, on, I just I just want to say, guys, on on top of the interview that we have tomorrow, like we have such a fire lineup for you guys just literally over the next month. Like we have some really exciting guests that are be coming out about mid-November. Uh, we got a couple interviews over the next couple weekends that we're really excited for. And it's just, it, it's getting really good, guys. So make sure that you guys are catching those Challengers Unplugged episodes. Uh, they're a little bit different than these recap episodes that we do, but they're all on the same channel, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, like all that stuff, anywhere you get podcasts. So make sure you guys are checking those out. The most recent one we just just released was Priscilla and it was a great episode. She was so much fun to talk to. She has such a personality that did not get shown on the show. So make sure that you guys go check that one out. Make sure that you guys go fall in love with Priscilla because I promise you, you will love her after you listen to her on that interview. I mean, if we're really boiling it down, rookie of the year this year was Priscilla. I don't care what Logan or Emmanuel do the rest of the year. Priscilla was a rookie for me, rookie of the year. Uh, so yeah, fire interview, amazing, amazing interview with Priscilla. She is just fantastic. So easy to talk to, such a phenomenal personality and one that I'm really hoping we get to see here in future seasons. So guys, if you get a chance to check that out. Well, with all that being said, guys, I've ran out of shit to talk about. I know Karina is looking at me like I'm crazy with half the shit I talk about anyways tonight. <laughs> um, so, guys, we're going to call it a wrap. We appreciate you guys so, so much because, I mean, to be honest, we do this regardless. But we appreciate you listening to us and, and enjoying it. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed enough that you like listening to us on more than one episode, make sure you subscribe. Uh, make sure you download an episode or two on Spotify. It doesn't actually go onto your phone, so don't trip out about that. Also, 
hey, just throw us on and then mute your phone and just let it play. We're good with that too. Anyways, guys, in all due seriousness, we love you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, We couldn't say enough about you and how much we really appreciate you. And until next time. Bye. Adios.